Good morning and welcome to the St. George's Rod and Staff podcast, the official podcast, and I'm going to read it from the text. The Church of St. George the Martyr with the chapelries of St. Mark the Evangelist and St. Monica's West Bank, an Anglican church in the Diocese of False Bay in the province of South Africa. That's St. George the Martyr of Kales River. Welcome, everybody. I am Lindsay Shooters, your host, and I'm joined, as always, by the venerable Archdeacon Rodney Whiteman. Um, it is Pentecost, after all. We have been racing to this moment, and I knew in my heart that there would be a major topic <laughs> <laughs> that would happen around this time. That's why I emphasized it. I've uploaded the entire discussion about Lockdown Level 3 and how it affects Sunday services. Um, you can check that out in the podcast feed. Yeah, if you could just take us through the call to worship and I'll pick up with you at the Liturgy of the Word. So as we do recollection and since we are in the presence of God, I greet you, my sisters and brothers, with these words. The Lord be with you, and I receive from you the response to that. Our call to worship is drawn from Psalm 104, which is the psalm today. How many are your works, Lord? In wisdom you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. How many are your works, Lord? so that we may be able to glorify you enduringly, that we will be able to sing to your Lord all our life, that we will sing to our God as long as we live. Good morning on this Pentecost day. I welcome you to the service as we think of the context that Pentecost service creates, particularly from the readings out of Acts, 1 Corinthians, the Psalm, and the Gospel, in that, as it creates that context, it, it takes into consideration the context we're currently living with, COVID-19 and all its implications. I trust that you're all well and that those not well are improving and resting. All of us are meant to be in the palm of God's hands. So now let us worship God together, and I would hope that you will look up the hymn, Christians, lift up your hearts. And um, it does, in fact, indicate that sometimes Christian hearts are down for whatever reason it is, and there's a call now for us to lift up our hearts. So this is a challenge deep within us. And so we lift up our hearts as we pray the calling for purity. Mighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our prayer of confession. Mighty God, our Heavenly Father, in penitence we confess that we have sinned against you through our own fault, in thought, word and deed, and in what we have left undone. For the sake of your Son, Christ our Lord, forgive us all that is past. 
and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. So may Almighty God, who is our Father, forgive us our, all our sins and bring us to the fellowship of his table with his saints forever. Amen. On the Amen. pew leaflet you find the Collect for Pentecost. Let us pray together. Almighty God, with the wind from heaven and the tongues of flame, you poured out your spirit on the disciples. Set our hearts on fire with joy and power and send us out as witnesses to the wonder of your love. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. So, Father, this is the very funny time of year where the actual, like chronologically, what is happening, the, the, the festival that we are celebrating isn't actually captured in the gospel. So the gospel doesn't quite deal with like the actual day of Pentecost, um, but more with like something that happened, a very similar thing just before that. Um, how, how, how do you see that little interplay? Yeah, the gospel is the good news about Jesus Christ and the message of the kingdom of love. And this all is enacted through his incarnation, through his um, message and ministry, through his death and resurrection, through his community with the disciples who shared his ministry. He then was the one who then in good news prepared the disciples and the world um, about this gift that God was going to send, the channel through which would be the disciples as they met in community in the upper room. Mm -hmm. So what we see in the gospel reading, Jesus doing three things that were quite interesting. Firstly, he was present to the disciples and in being present, his presence and I like the imagery that is given. He breathed and spoke, peace be with you. That's his intention, his presence is a presence of peace. And in that, in that um, interaction, he then talks about, uh, uh, again, he, he, he breathes uh, and says, receive the spirit. And in the breathing, he gives them his spirit to breathe in. So into the atmosphere, as it were, Jesus breathes the gift of spirit, of divine spirit uh, in, the, uh, in the atmosphere of the upper room. And when the, when the disciples go out empowered by the spirit after they receive the, the, the tongues of flame, they then, by speaking the good news of Jesus, breathe into the atmosphere, into the minds, into the hearts of the populace at the time. Um, we're meeting for the Pentecost um, festival the, of the Old Testament. They then breathed in, their minds took in this message now empowered by the Spirit that the disciples as one was speaking to them. So Jesus is the one who keeps his promise and says, 
God will gift you with the spirit. So wait in Jerusalem. So now we see um, that the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of God, begins the next chapter of his mission uh, in this world. And uh, Jesus then said, uh, after um, he gives them the spirit, the very first task of mission that they had was to forgive the sins of those they forgive and to retain the sins of those they retain. So the very first message of, 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 the, of the, the, the movement of the spirit through the church comes from the cross, comes from the resurrection and incorporates uh, Jesus' whole uh, intention, I came to seek and to save the lost. Mm. Um, and to give abundant life, so the it now the spirit manifests its uh, the spirit itself in the community of the church, and so we have the meeting with Jesus in the upper room. We have the church empowered by the spirit in Acts, and going out to share with the community the wonderful things God has done, the good news of God, and then. Then what happens internally in the church as the spirit moves is everyone was given gifts and the gifts was the manifestation of the spirit for the common good inside the church and for the world. What I love most. <laughs> no worries. Uh, what I love most about just the symbolism of, of the wind rushing into the, the room, and this is now taken from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 21, um, and then divided tongues as a fire appeared among them and a tongue rested on each of them. And if you think back to like the, the service of light on an Easter morning with a Paschal candle, the fire is lit, the Paschal candle comes into the church, and then from there every candle is lit. And as that fire then spreads throughout the church, every person has their own version of that fire. And then from there, you are then expected to go out and speak the good words. Um, then just going back to what was happening in Israel at the time um, of Pentecost, or at least when when the Spirit was, was shared amongst the those in the upper room, it was, as you said, it was... Also, it's also called Pentecost, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. It was the festival. What's it? Sh Shavuot. Yeah. Shavuot. I, I, yeah. I'm not. I'm not very good at pronouncing these strange <laughs> words. <laughs> we just but, say big word. Spiritually, it is commemorating the day that the Torah was granted to the people of Israel. Um, the Torah, obviously, the writings of Moses um, that he wrote down, he received it on the Mount of Sinai and at the tabernacle and then shared it with the people. So that, like, just bases every, like, even the Jewish religion plus Christianity on the same sort of foundation. And I, I love that symmetry. I mean, all of our great feasts are taken from previous cultures, like there's the, the whole Easter thing and then the pagan festivals that happened at the same time. Um, there's a lot of parallels that you can draw throughout history. And it's just it's just interesting. And, and I just love the, the, the symbolism of that fire spreading to everybody. So so uh, what, what what's significant for me about that, 
I mean, depending on how you want to to announce to announce this, did God uh, um, judge the festivals of the past, or did He bring the the new meaning that it should have, uh, a meaning that only God can can bring, uh, and the focus then gets gets transferred from the ritual to God, so that the ritual's goal is to to move to 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 point to God, not not to point to the ritual, because I think we can be absorbed mm. with our rituals mm. and we forget that the whole purpose of the ritual is to help us get closer to God, to help us to fo- to celebrate God, and so mm. easily we lose that. Mm. So, so uh, um, people argue about the festivals like Christmas and, uh, and other festivals that we hold, relating it to what was going on um, in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the worship cultures, previous to Christianity, yeah. but God uniquely takes this and then gives it significant new meaning, uh, not just for those who knew the history of it, but for those who are now, uh, um, God works in history. God works yeah. with where yeah. people are and he comes to bring new life and that's the purpose. So I, I, I think this is... Um, um, those who still want to hold on to the old versions, which people do, like the Jews would do that, who haven't been mm. Christianized. Mm. But I think that um, God uses what is available in us and then gives us a new sense of what it's all about. So it's as, mm. as it were mm. a, a, a way of being recreated in the new life that God intended us to be. Because remember, right at the beginning of creation, the Spirit was present, hovering over the water. Mm. The Spirit was very present at creation. So the work of the Spirit in bringing new life, in giving us the truth, is about um, creation. Yeah. And it's it's interesting that you say that, because in the second reading, um, Paul's letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 3 to 13, chapter 13, so he recounts that kind of that everything happens through the Spirit. And then in verse 13 is a very poignant word where it's like, for in one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we are all made to drink of one Spirit. And Especially at this time where, I mean, like this, this is an exploration of faith in the time of this crisis that we are facing now. Uh, but in this moment where there's a lot of confusion as to whether the churches are going to open and there's a lot of calls from society, certain sectors of society at least, that are in, in agreement that the churches should be open and that they really want to come to worship. I, I, I like to think that this line kind of says that everybody is has the same access to to the heaven. Um, I, I, I don't agree with what I just said because I don't believe in, in that sort of thing. But yeah, just continue. Um, that everybody through the Spirit is, is one. We are all common in humanity and we all are on the same journey and different people. What All these are activated by one and the same Spirit who allots to each one individually just as who allots each one individually, just as the Spirit chooses. So, like, we all preordained, we all have to play our part, we all have to come together. And then comes the question of, if Paul is saying this, 
if someone who has received the spirit directly from Jesus had the fire, fire on his head, went out, spoken in the tongues, all those things, and he's saying that kind of you are Christian, you are still Christian, even if like you don't go to church and you don't do all the the traditional worship practices that are associated with it. But you you can still reach eternal life. Um, I I don't know if I'm going off on a tangent there or if I'm striking a nerve with you, Father. <laughs> well, uh, you know, uh, um, my my response would be when we read things from backwards, it's always interesting because you start almost with the the reason that uh, that all of this was happening was um, verse twelve and verse thirteen. Uh, just as the body is one, you're all members of the body. Now, if you're yeah. members of the body, is your arm lying in the front room, your torso lying in your bedroom, is your body dissected uh, in order for it to work? If the body is dissected in order to, to work, how then... Um, is the body effective in that regard? So when Paul uses the metaphor of of the of the church as the body as a body, then it would mean that all the parts have to be together. Um, mm. That we, we we cannot say we are we are connected, um, and then we don't live in a connected way. We don't act in a connected way, because. Uh, if we look at the human body, um, everything works together in a connected way for the purpose of that body to be healthy, the body to be mm. active. Mm. So that would be the first response. The second response would be in that that body, the primal uh, centric idea is that um, the unity we share in Christ. Now, what does that unity share in Christ and the implications of unity? So if, if you believe and I believe, then mm. what are we going to do about it? Where does that leave us? What does that make us want to do? So inevitably, the need to come together to do something in a, in a, um, in a way that um, can help us become effective, share ideas, find a way in which we are able to um, say, now this is what we can do. Then we go our separate ways to do what that means, wherever we are. So I think that is that is crucial. Um, we need to know what joins us together. The third thing I want to say is that we share similar experiences of the faith. All were baptized into one body. And so this calls for inclusivity. Whilst we may be Jews and Greek, Greek slaves or free, we are made to drink of one spirit. So those verses indicate to me that um, that it would be it would make no sense for us to be um, detached from each other, because how does the body then truly function in a detached state? Um, so the challenge is, therefore, as a member of the body of Christ, I need to find my place and find my role and work for the common good of the whole body. So, 
you have, nobody says you must come to church, but your commitment to Christ will in fact challenge you. And the spirit that we drink from will challenge us to be able to say we are part of it. And I just wonder, again, to the lessons we have to learn at this time, being now locked down and away from each other, my sense is there's a deep yearning to get together. Mm. And perhaps the most important thing is that let us not take for granted what our coming together means. And that even if you sit in the galleries at a distance from everyone and it would seem as if you're an observer rather than a participant, sitting in the gallery doesn't make you an observer. It should make you a participant. You are all in this together. And that when we leave the chapel uh, from our session of worship, we leave with a sense of unity in order to do what Jesus said we must do, um, I send you as the Father sent me. That is why we say at the end of the service, we go in the name of Christ to love and serve God. Mm. Yeah, and there obviously uh, there's again the, the, the parallels where Jesus breathed on them and said to them he received the Holy Spirit. And similar to in the story of creation where God breathed into Adam and gave him yeah. life and then they yeah. were all out. And yeah, I, I just want to go back and just shamelessly say um, participation in in church can also mean sharing the podcast to all of your friends. <laughs> well, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I'm sure there's value in what we're trying to do to the glory of God. On behalf of yeah. the body. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't have much to add. Father, if you just want to summarize and then take us through um, the prayers of the church that people can reflect on uh, just going I, through that, this week. Yeah. I just want to say um, what we've tried to do in terms of reaching our congregants uh, in this lockdown period uh, could be seen in three ways. Through the audio, uh, we get you to do a devotion. Through the podcast, in the, in, the, in, the, in the context of worship, liturgical worship, we're getting you to ask your questions as Lindsay does. We ask you to engage the message almost like it is a conversation, which is what preaching is about. It's not just one-way traffic. It's listening to the text, but it's also engaging in the questions you have about the text. And so it gives you a different model. Um, it's not the same as the audio. And then the third way we're doing this is to do it on video, which gives you a, a setting, a, almost a setting of the church where I am able to dress up a little bit liturgically and have the symbols of the, of the, of the, of the cross as well as candles. So I, I hope that you would, in, you would engage in all of it comes to the gospel thing where Jesus is present to his disciples and where he is able to uh, give us that which we long for inside our, our beings, peace. And we have to breathe it in and we have to hear it. 
Jesus' presence makes, makes it um, breathable. Um, it's life-giving. And um, um, the, the, the essence of, the, of, of his text is that receive the Spirit. That's God's gift to us. Without the Spirit, we will have no life in us. And thirdly, let us not forget that our mission is to ensure reconciliation through forgiveness uh, with God and each other. And I just want to, to, to cite in, in, in conclusion, um, uh, Hildegard of B, uh, Bingen wrote a poem called A Comforting Fire of Spirit. Um, fire is comforting. Um, and, and he goes, just his first word says, a comforting fire of the spirit, life within the very life of creation. Holy you are in giving life to all. So that's a very beautiful uh, way of describing what the spirit of God is seeking to do with us. Even in this time when we are in lockdown, even in this time when we are preparing to consider going back, um, let us take hope because Pentecost is a season of hope. Amen. Amen. So my sisters and brothers, we pray in the name of Jesus, in the power of the Spirit, to the glory of God, as we ask that God would send forth his Holy Spirit to renew the face of the earth. We continue to ask God to breathe on his church, God's holy and life-giving spirit to refresh and revive us. That God would fill the church and the members with all gifts um, that may seek to glorify you as we proclaim you throughout the world. We ask you, O God, to breathe on your creation, your holy and life-giving spirit, and that from sea to sea, shore to shore, you will spread abroad your peace so that your works will sing your praises. As we ask God to breathe on all flesh, his Holy Spirit, we ask you to unite into one family and fellowship the fragmented strand of humanity, bringing all people to rejoice in the wonders of your love. And then we ask you, O Lord, to breathe on all who are frail and weary, your holy and life-giving spirit to refresh them with living waters that flow from you. And we ask you to breathe on all who have died, your holy and life-restoring spirit. May we all come to rejoice in your presence. And in the face of COVID-19, which is causing death to happen, we pray, author of life, healer of the nations, grant us courage to face our trial, wisdom to find relief, faith to live responsibly, and grant us your salvation for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. My sisters and brothers, may the peace of Christ who sent his spirit to be with us be with you also. Thank you for responding. Our hymn at this stage of the service is Come Down, O Love Divine. So we enter into the frame now of the liturgy of the Eucharist for spiritual communion. Be assured that God is with you as he is with me. 
And so we ask God to silence all voices in our hearts but his. And we hear the voice of Jesus as we read the words of Jesus. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. And so with the risen Christ who is in our midst and who breeds peace over us, uh, giving us the spirit, uh, we pray with him as we say together, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil, for the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And so as we do the receiving of the sacraments, we consider the consecrated bread, now the body of Christ. Bread of heaven, on thee we feed for Thou art our food indeed. Ever may our souls be fed with this true and living bread. Day by day with strength supplied through the life of Christ who died. The body of Christ given for you. Keep you in eternal life. As we consider the cup filled with wine consecrated as the blood of Christ, the redemptive blood of Christ, for the forgiveness of all. Vine of heaven, thy love supplied this blessed cup of sacrifice. Tis thy wounds our healing give to thy cross. We look and live, thou our life, O oh, let us be, Rooted, crafted, built on thee. The blood of Christ keep you in eternal life. The communion hymn is that beautiful chorus in Jubilati 112. Let your living waters flow over my soul.
because we trust God, hearing that as our prayer, so we give thanks to the Lord who is gracious. We give thanks to God for his son Jesus Christ who pours out the new wine of his spirit. Lord, intoxicate us with visions and dreams and awaken within us your marvelous gifts of wisdom, faith, healing, prophecy, and discernment. Let us now dedicate ourselves afresh to God. Father Almighty, we offer ourselves to you as living sacrifice in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Send us out into the world in the power of the Holy Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. God bless Africa and all the nations. God, our rulers, guide our people and give us your peace. For Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. I want to say thank you to all who are pledging by EFT to enable the church to continue uh, its business, as well as those who are bringing the pledges to the church on Wednesday. Uh, this time round, we hope you'll bring it from about 10 o'clock onwards to 12 o'clock. And we also want to say thank you to the counting teams and to our staff. Today will be a national prayer day. I hope you will be tuned in when that happens. Remember, in our discussion at the beginning, Lindsay and I confirmed that there will be no services commencing in our diocese in June month as per the directive of our bishop, Bishop Margaret, and the letter she sent at Laos, which you can read on Facebook and hopefully also on the website of the parish and of the diocese. Go out into the world now, my brothers and sisters, sent as Christ Jesus was sent, gifted and empowered for the common good. Dream dreams, pursue visions and speak of God's goodness in the words of those who would hear. And may God give you hope and draw you to himself. May Christ Jesus set rivers of life flowing within you. And may the Holy Spirit unite you as one body and set you ablaze with joy. Let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ, Amen. And in conclusion, we would sing Eternal Ruler from Common Praise 181. God bless you till next time.